I know you don't want to go as long today. Maybe just one more. Well, we'll see. We'll see how. Okay. I mean, you know, I'm, I know I'm actually so much. There's so much to talk about. I don't know. The scandals, the investigations. Like I am the most investigated innocent person in America, and they just, you know, they are just. See, that's why. That's why this is not just politics. It, it's deep cultural stuff. And uh, anyway, I want to. I do want to talk to you about it. Yeah, me too. All right. Uh, greetings, friends. Uh, greeting from the uh, the quarantine cube. Uh, we're back again. It's me, Matt, and Amber, but we brought a couple special guests. You might remember, of course, lost brother Brendan. Hello. And a close personal friend of mine, Catherine Krieger. Hi, how's it going? Yes, we're all in the quarantine cube together, and we've got a, we're got a humdinger of an episode for Corona. you. Each other up. This will be part one of our hyper jokerification. We have just watched <laughs> step one. We, we have just watched step one of being hyper jokerified hey. is, of course, watching the <laughs> new Hillary Clinton <laughs> series Man, on I felt the Hulu. Joker- the Joker corpuscles were throbbing. Like, I was uh, vibrating with Jokerfication watching that shit. So we, we, we have just watched the first two episodes of the new documentary miniseries. We will definitely be watching episode three and four. Oh, yes. We got to bring every hit to you of this. But before we get in, dive deep into the Joker madness, and that is the life of Hillary Clinton, uh, I would just like to give a quick uh, election update, because this, of course, is all still going on. Things are doing. The coronavirus uh, continues to uh, erase all of the rules. <laughs> but uh, I would just like to say at the top, of the, I know uh, there was a bunch of states that voted on uh, Tuesday. I'm sure you all uh, step, stuck closely to watching the results. Again, not too happy with the, the outcomes, despite it being pretty close in certain places. Uh, Biden, again, won those states that you know we should have won. But I just want to be very clear at the beginning of this show. If you are listening to this, do not freak out. Stop with the despair and the doom and gloom. No and more if you black look pill. at the delegates, it is basically tied at the half. It is. And now you guess who's coming in? Guess who's getting tagged in for the second half action? The motherfucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> no. Spit out that black pill. Swallow that clown pill. <laughs> It's time to enter Joker mode because that's how we win this thing is by no. going full Joker. We're, we're, we're in the locker room right now. I know there's some heads down. I'm saying pick that up. Walking through that door right now. This town needs an enema. This party, man. <laughs> the party man is coming. The party I thought, I thought you said folks. this town needs an enema. That's the line. That's yeah. the line. This town needs an enema. That's he shoots the, the TV, says shoots that. The TV yeah. with the the big, uh, I, gotta, I gotta watch it again. So I just keep in mind that like Barack Obama in Barf 2008, Barsacco Crumbo in 2008 <laughs> was behind by way more delegates than Bernie is now at this exact point in the election. Mm-hmm. He went on to win. There are still, I think, something like 159 delegates from states that Bernie won that, that have, have not yet been to be allocated, which at is this larger point, than the gap between them. Which is larger than the gap between them. So. I, if just think about it this way, 
if the delegate counts were reversed at this point, the entire narrative in the media right now would be talking about a brokered convention, yep, yep. the plurality, the well, super delegates. It's like obviously Biden's going to run this all the way to the convention. There would be no one saying it's time for him to drop out. No one was saying it was over for Biden. No one was saying it's time to coalesce around Bernie. Zero people would be saying that. So I, I know if you're a canny listener of the show. Uh, I'm sure you are familiar with uh, Noam Chomsky and Bernard Herrmann's manufacturing consent. Yeah, they're cooking up some big old I would just, consent uh, out there. Again, if, if, if you are a smart, canny consumer of media and podcasts, I would just uh, counsel you not to have your consent manufactured yeah, for you. Don't do their job by, for them. By believing that it is completely over. Kill the being pundit in your a head. whiny bitch, too. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Fucking kill, suck it up. Kill the pundit in your head. A67 to 7 1,991 delegates needed to win the nomination. And you know what's funny? Is it's halftime. They're You're all quitting. ready. Don't quit at halftime, losers. They're all, they've all assumed that Biden has it, but and so they're operating for that assumption, and they already have buyer's remorse. Yep. They're already talking about, oh, gee, the young people really don't vote for him, and the independents, and oh, man, he does kind of look not, he looks a little shaky out there. They're setting and low expectations. Like, but then they're acting like, oh, well, I guess we have to deal with it. There's still plenty of time for people to realize and have it expl- shown to them that, no, you don't have to deal with it. You can go with a guy whose brain is working and functional. And a not, guy who can well, go up there and inspire confidence that he's not going to just, his dentures aren't going to fall out. and His fucking shit-filled diapers aren't going to fall around also, his Also, Dana Milbank has already started running his uh, Bernie spoiler campaign coverage ah, in the Washington Post. Running, which, for, running for fun is, is spoiling. Just running to the thing is spoiling. By the way, trying to win is spoiling. Yeah, trying to win is spoiling. Not, however, clinging on like a little fucking weasel like Warren did. That's not spoiling. That's incredibly sexist. Anyway, um, is that a thing? No. I'd love to be a sexy little <laughs> weasel. Um, let's make it a thing. Sexy, sexy little weasel. But the fact that they're still running stuff about him being a spoiler, it's like, well, to spoil what, what for whom? Yeah. Do, I mean, do, do these win? people really think that Biden's. Mental but if they're decline. running it, though, it means they know that there's a legitimate, there's a legitimate yes. possibility that Bernie will win. Sorry. Do they think that his mental decline is just going to be a thing that no one's going to notice in, if less Bernie talks about it uh, or his record or anything else? His campaign knows it, and they're uh, they're doing their best to hide him. And we will see. I the next big thing is this debate on Sunday. It remains to be seen whether they will even allow it to go forward. I would they've not ar- be surprised at all. They've already nixed the audience because of coronavirus. Is this going to be like a digital online town forum or whatever? Put it on Twitch. And yet, well, we're going to be on Twitch if they have it. But like the fact that Clyburn and and Carville and these old grand yeah. party grandee voices are just shut it down, shut it all down. Like <laughs> they're running Taffer. in like Taffer after yep. someone touched raw chicken. Yep. And, uh, you know, you got coronavirus already. The kitchen. <laughs> You're going to make everybody sick. I love that, man. Do you, do you think that they'd be trying that hard if they weren't worried yeah. themselves? No, no. They know the more he gets exposed, the more the chances of a catastrophic Biden moment happening. Because he can only talk for seven <laughs> minutes at a time, and even then right? he fucks up. Yeah. Even corona, up. The corona, this is not to downplay or trutherism the, the coronavirus. It's, it's obviously a serious health concern, which is why Bernie should absolutely utilize it in and his he debates. Did, he did a speech today, which was and, very smart. And should do that. I, I'm a firm believer that he should lean into the crisis. But also, you know, the market correction that's happening that's yeah. being blamed on the coronavirus when it is of course a lot of other factors that have yes. been dormant for a long time similarly the democratic party will absolutely use the coronavirus to try and uh, wrap up the campaign as quickly as possible yep. so don't be fooled and also not have a that. convention in milwaukee don't listen to any scumbags who tell you they'll say bernie should drop out they are swine and they you, were never we, on we your say side. all this but jennifer ruber has a new piece out today saying 
Joe Biden already sounds as if he's president after the speech he gave about how to handle the coronavirus. Which uh, is, yeah, no, 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 no. To be fair, I think she was talking about later era Reagan. Yeah. You wash. Oh, okay, yeah. He does in that case. <laughs> you gotta wash. You know what? Women. Solid take, Jen. Look, see case. here, women, you need to be washing your drawers. He was in a room alone with no one to, you know, listen or, or grade his speech. So, yes, that's true. So, uh, we will certainly be there uh, on Sunday on Twitch if they go ahead with this one debate, which is like what well, we've all been praying for. Oh, and by for. the way, one more thing. If you were living in a state or you have family, old family, these the cursed boomers who have rallied to defeat Bernie. Oh, no. They are starting to realize how badly he does with young, uh, Bert Biden does with young people. Yep. If you find that you can't argue them out of Biden on the merits or anything else, just tell them I'm not voting if it's not Bernie. Just tell them it. Actually try to like say we have a chance. You have a chance to prevent. You know it's going to happen. We're not going to vote unless it's Bernie. Vote for him. You know what? And we'll vote for him. I just saw a clip the other day online of Lawrence O'Donnell, yeah, yes, MSNBC exactly. talking head, two thousand six, being being interviewed in a docu TV documentary about like the rotten Democratic Party, and he says straight up in that clip, "I work for the Democrats. I know this. You have absolutely no hope yep. of getting a party to adopt your agenda or even pay credence to you in any way, shape, or form unless you are, you have to be willing to show them that you won't vote for Precisely. them. Precisely. Yep. He said that you have it is the only leverage Always you have. Always be ready to walk. And he said, I worked for Democrats, and we never had to take the left seriously because we knew that they, they had, had nowhere, nowhere else to go. To go. Exactly. Yep. So and this, this is a uni unique moment where you could actually, if we could get enough people to say it in unison, to, to, to insist we will be withholding our vote unless it's Bernie, if these people really want to beat Trump, and I think in terms of voters, people who might be voting as opposed to the leadership who doesn't care, yeah, uh, they will actually maybe be moved by this that. This is the leverage that you have. It's the yes. only thing. And like again, don't pay attention to anyone who's like, you know, well, the right thing for Bernie to do would be to drop out because that that way he'll have a seat at the table for no the shit. future of the be party. No table. Oh, yeah, Bullshit. Yeah. As I said, how'd that work out last time? Well, the thing is, is that there's no like I when they say that he needs to drop out so he can uh, leverage his uh, thing into concessions. None of them explained what would happen, how that would work. All right, you don't have any leverage now because you're already in the tent. Mm -hmm. You can't withhold anything. Yep. What would make them give you anything? And they don't have an answer because they haven't thought that far ahead. No. They only say that to try to convince people to, that he should drop out. It's not, an act, it's not like they're actually invested in him actually getting those concessions. They just, it's a way to get them maybe to stop trying to get them. Yes. But so, it is, you know, it's one of these things you always have to know whether you're buying or selling. And we actually have something they want. It's we yep. and they need it. Yep. Everyone knows Hillary lost because five percent drop in youth turnout from two thousand uh, uh, twelve to two thousand sixteen. What's a ten percent drop yeah. going to look and like? That yeah. would be a minimum. Yeah, at minimum. And the thing is, we could stop. And of course, they're going to get mad at first and blame you for like helping Trump. But what it's just like that's on them. There's still Hold time. The Hold the there's line. There's still time, ladies and gentlemen. Vote for him now, and you won't be doing that. You'll be ensuring that we show up and that we beat Trump. It's only halftime. Yes. It is only halftime. This is the equivalent of being down by a touchdown at halftime. Yes. You know, Al yeah. Pacino, do you think he would have given up in any given second? Every inch. <laughs> Every inch. One more inch. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, if they choose, to, and the thing is, if they cancel the debate, that's just even more proof of everything we're saying about how fucking scared they are yeah. about Biden. They're terrified and, of Biden. And they just want to end it now. Bomb. So here's the thing. Here's the deal. The debate on Sunday, should it go forward, is going to be a big one. And we are counting on Bernie to come out in the Joker makeup. Yes. Full Jokerfication. <laughs> he's got to go less. Joker. He's, like, he cannot. 
he's got to go straight for Biden's throat. Yeah, it's, absolutely. There's no other. He's got to have a little out. flour with acid in it. <laughs> and then as soon as he says hello, the electric the hand buzzer. buzzer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Him up. No, he's got to murk the motherfucker. And the thing is, not only could that will that work in terms of exposing his weaknesses, it also makes it more likely that Biden gets mad. And we all know yes. what happens when yes. Joe Biden Ooh. gets angry. He's not to the sort of a floaty, dreamy, confused, tertiary syphilis stage no. of dementia. He's in the very angry stage. He's no, Frank Booth. He is raging. Elder Rage personified. Dude, it yep. is. And it's he's real. Going to be, and this is going to be straight, and he's just going to be directly attacking uh, uh, him. Uh, 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 Biden's going to snap. Uh, 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 listen, Jew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen if he gets oh mad enough. It's gonna God. happen. Oh, goes, where's, where's your little hat, Bernie? When I my days, they used to you wouldn't come out of the house without one of those little bats on your head. <laughs> okay, so that, that that's the preamble for today's show. But yeah. let's get to the main course. Oh, let's get, let's, let's get let's to this. Tuck is, into this d- delicious feast. Oh, strap in, boys and girls, because we are going. Hillary, Ooh. we feel great. We've just watched basically two and a half hours, Ooh. the first two episodes, excruciating of the Hulu docu series Hillary. It was really bad. Yeah, like, okay, like l- I l- mean, you may be surprised to know this, but uh, it's it, not even entertaining. It's, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing mostly that, is boring. It's yeah. boring. Yes, I wish we would have watched like the E True Hollywood story version of this. It was behind the music. It would be a million times better. John Podesta. It's it's a uh, it's a hagiography. I yeah. mean, those are never interesting. It's a pure hagiography, and like yeah, to, biography you know, of a hag. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just to underscore, what Catherine said there are so many moments in this that are nauseating, like both as a whole and, and specifically. But the overwhelming experience of watching it, at least the first two episodes, is absolute boredom. Yep. Because we haven't gotten to yeah. her huge losses yet. Yeah. yeah. Like, she hasn't that's going to be hilarious. But it's going to be great. It so, should because be what really, interesting. Because what really defines you is how you act in the face of adversity, you know? Sure. So I think we're really going to see her character come out in a big way. The thing is, it should be interesting, but I, I don't know. Like, I like I feel like anyone well, who like, made it, this, like, no interesting. Comp- it's like, there's it's like exactly. the story of a perfect person. It's like yes. when we were watching right. it. And because it, that, and that is why E-True Hollywood stories are so fucking good, because they're like, hey... You want to know about how Tracy Lords is doing? <laughs> like, yeah, I do. Like, hey, look at all this fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah. Look at this person with this insane life and isn't is it fucked up and they make horrible mistakes or whatever. Like, but they don't want to give her just like a sprinkle of Anna Nicole Smith nope. or anything, no, which nope. would Perfect. ironically actually make her a little more likable. Because to be fair, it, she's never like in her in her pinky nail is not as interesting as Anna Nicole Smith. No, was. none of us. But, are, but yeah. if if, if the documentary was only sympathetic, that would be one thing because a sympathetic documentary could still uh, place. Inserts, inserts. We're like fine. A, Every, it, everyone's fine. Uh, insert drama or an yeah. arc. Like when we were watching it very early on, it talks about how she, very, for a millisecond, mentions how she volunteered for Goldwater. And you could have, you could go, oh, look, she made a journey. You know, mm-hmm. that originally she was uh, down with someone who was not so good on civil rights and was not actually a progressive. But then she, again, if you wanted to be sympathetic, you could create this arc. They don't even do that. Right. Everything is flattened into. Like intercut with footage of people marching that don't include her in the civil rights movement. She has always been good. She has always been just, and that's boring. That's yeah, very you know boring. what it is is that you can't actually be sympathetic to someone without flaws and yeah. weaknesses. Yeah, you want to iron all that out. Yeah, they're, not they're just like, oh no, she's you know she's uh, a Superman, and uh, yes. So it's like, who cares? So I mean, like, let's just let's go through this. Like, I have all my notes here of uh, what's actually in this movie, and like the overall structure. Is that it's 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 based around you know 
one-on-one interviews with Hillary, mostly Hillary Clinton herself, and then like a lot of her inner circle, and, and then ninety percent stock footage of places that she wasn't in. Yeah, yeah. and then like a few uh, supposedly objective journalists who yeah. uh, covered her campaign yeah. for, the, for like the mainstream media, right? But like it, it basically intersperses, like it cuts back and forth between the story of the twenty sixteen election, which features all of this totally off the cuff and oh, completely man. authentic behind the scenes. Uh, I, I was like, Lord. is this a Maisel's Brothers movie? It's like. <laughs> Fly on the fucking wall. And, you know, I'm sure all of this was originally filmed for the idea that, like... This would be a victory, be, dog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This after, was history in the making. Like, this was her story in the After her second term, it would come out, yeah. you know, and be like, this is the real story of yep. how, how, yeah. she, how she did it and mm-hmm. saved America. And then, and then it cuts back and forth between a narrative about the 2016 election and a narrative about her life starting from about college on. It does mm-hmm. not work. It's, it's I mean, totally it's inert. It's, yeah, it's definitely like the first problem is obviously like they just had all this leftover footage that they had to make like French toast out of stale bread with or something. And uh, that's a pleasing result, though. This was not pleasing. Yeah, this is not pleasing. Well, this, one thing uh, that makes it very uh, jarring is is it has a very it has a feeling of yeah being in an argument with a drunk person or something where it's just like these jagged digressions because it's like mm-hmm. she's talking about going to college. They're not doing sudden, any linear. All of a sudden, they cut to. And by the way, the email thing was totally fool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what? Because you, she's literally like, and then she went to college, and then, and then, yeah. By the way, that just twenty minutes on why, and not like totally disconnected on just yeah, why the email deal wasn't a big thing, and it was, and then the Whitewater, and, and then, then right, and then it's, it's just aspiring, out of order. It's, it's trying to be stylistic and Terrence Malicky, and like, oh, this is nonlinear. You were jumping all over. She's always the same person, so you're just seeing snapshots of her life, but it's it doesn't have any kind of cumulative effect so much so that that also you're like at multiple times we all notice we're like why would i care about this person yeah and what year is this yeah and they she's not accomplished enough for us to care about the moment right because you're supposed to think wow look at all this stuff in the past that she was doing these these breakthroughs in this the the glass ceiling and all these different ways which i mean doesn't happen she doesn't she doesn't really accomplish a lot and then when you cut ahead to 2016 or 2008 you're supposed to kind of uh, the supposed effect would be to have you go, wow, now she's at the apex and I, I'm seeing snapshots of how she got there. But you're just seeing someone who completely like conned and managed and PR and focus group their way into that position without any real bravery or courage or yeah. historical place. And it's, it's the Forrest Gump thing, like basically. It's like watching Forrest Gump where it's like Can't. a tour through, um, you know, like basically a Watergate. tour through the last history and they just kind of like put someone in there yes yeah yeah except, she is yeah. Except, superimposed yeah the, and then, the mythical hillary except that is unlike unlike forrest gump which is of course american history is through the eyes of a good-hearted simpleton <laughs> this is through the eyes of a black-hearted simpleton yeah. correct <laughs> uh, uh, all right so let's go episode one is titled golden girl and it begins with like her getting her makeup put on sitting down for like the interview that will form the spine of this like entire you know Finally, Hillary is going to give you the real deal. What this this woman who's always been sort of a, a sphinx-like in her public persona. She's going to get real. She's going to get real. And the, the person interviewing her says, we want to hear your story unvarnished, which is hilarious as the director of this movie. This is just about the most varnished portrayal of a human being you could possibly also, imagine. Also, they're literally putting on varnish. <laughs> yeah, 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 makeup. Yeah. We yeah. would like this uh, interview to be Jim Varnied. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Well, I would love to see the R. movie uh, uh, Hillary Goes to Jail. Yeah, seriously. Um, so the first question she's asked on screen is, do you feel frustrated that you've uh. been in public life for 40 years and people don't know who you are? 
or that they seem to think that you're inauthentic in some way, or people just don't like you for some reason. And she says, you know, I've always provoked strong opinions, and I think like that should be on my gravestone. Also really just sets like the, the pace and the tone for everything that is to come. It's like, let's start with this really canned question. Just, softball. Just like, yeah, just softball straight down the middle. Yeah. So it begins with... Um, and she like, says nothing illuminating. People don't. Uh, you know, yeah. people don't realize how awesome you are. Yeah, is it possible you've been too righteous and <laughs> yeah. uh, competent and oh. wonderful? Every time they go to acknowledge any like mistake or flaw, which of course she never actually admits any like immoral or unethical thing, which there's plenty of, I'm sure. But what she does do is this weird kind of like judo of like flipping it around to make it seem like, yeah, I guess. I cared a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. Or I kept it too real. Uh, r- real quick. And, and they couldn't handle me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Real quick, I want to talk about uh, just like the, the opening credit sequence of each episode of this documentary. Oh, yeah. This sort, of like, sort of power punk pop, like, you bad. know, we're going to fight. Are you a fighter? Very fast, and then this incredibly like fast cut of like photos of Hillary Clinton from an infant to the present, and it like only lasts like about ten or twenty seconds, but it gets you with this barrage. It's like fast, like motion for like going traveling through time of Hillary Clinton's face, and it very much has like a sort of Francis Dollarhide. Like, do you see Hillary changing? Like, (laughs) I mean, imagine what the imagine what the subliminal message pasted in. The last thing is just a. Hillary on a black background in big letters. It really is like a Gaspar No opening. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Enter the Hillary. Yeah, enter the Hillary. With that intro, I also couldn't really figure out like who the target audience for this is going to be. Really? Because like I'm like, why is there like Christian Malpunk intro and then they try to it's like they can't decide whether or not it's for if it's for hillary's contemporaries or like the girl boss brigade i think it's the latter and i think that even the former would think oh this is what this is this is an edgy kind of you know uh just yeah, like, oh, just like, we, just like we think hillary has brigade, always been the girl boss brigade have already moved on because they are disloyal because they are matricidal i think there's a holdout though that this Women I, of a certain they, age are holding out. They no, still, the old women, but the Girl Boss Brigade. I'm talking about millennials. Yeah, like I feel like they I think. Don't it, know I think if you're, a, I think you're a you're a Warren girl. Like mm-hmm. you still have. Maybe you're not fangirling as publicly and as hard, but I still think. I, I still think, think you basically look back mm-hmm. at 2016 and you're like, damn, I, she got a really bad. Uh, a lot of the K hives say Hillary could have saved us, and uh, you know that she they're, was done They're also dirty. still saying like basically, um, don't like look look around like, uh, d- oh, our, what Hillary would have been doing. Earth two, Hillary is signing a whatever. People our age though. No, I, I don't know. I agree right. with you that I think there's a misapprehension about who would want this. But yeah, the, they don't even seem to understand who their audience should be. And it's but, kind of a one size fits nothing. But, but there still are those holdouts for Hillary that are the are the obvious. So uh, so the, the, it begins like giving you a sketch of her. Like there's a very little bit about her like her early life and childhood. And like the only point that they're underscoring here is that she comes from like a very like uh, post typical post war white suburban family that was conservative in its politics and that she always sort of bucked 
that trend a little bit. She was always destined for big things. And, you know, even though she says, like, you know, when I was growing up, like, I never thought I could be president. You know, that's just not something I thought of. It is Stalin know? shit. It yeah. is so faux, uh, you know, it's uh, like, modesty. Stalin and... was cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm bad-mouthing Stalin by saying Here that, she but... is working with the most productive factory worker of <laughs> yeah, that yeah. quarter. Yeah. Like, um, she uh, robbed no, so, a bank. It's cool. So, and, and like, it sort of, it, it kicks into gear when it talks about, like, you know, uh, she was sort of like a, a young a young person going to college in the 60s. And Brendan alluded to it earlier, but they do this thing where they talk about, like, you know, she went to, to, to Wellesley, and this is where, like, you know, at the civil rights movement and the anti-Vietnam War movement. and Which, by the way, this is one of the, sorry, this is one of the few situations where she kind of takes a sleight of hand to kind of push the feminist stuff when actually it was just advantageous to her. So she said she went to Wellesley because she wanted like an something like an uh, a a women's girl like a women's experience or whatever. Not mentioning that actually like Wellesley is a seven sister schools and it's probably the most elite school she could have gotten into. She frames that by being like, when I was in high school and I ran for crap class president, I never won because like the, no one liked the, the, no one would like the girl like the, a girl could never be class president. And then the boy who won class president. Uh, immediately, like, made me do all the work. And it's just, like, all these canned stories from her life are, like, the phoniest bullshit imaginable. Also, They're just all so, just so, and on the yeah, nose. Yeah. And when um, she, and when she's, when she's... writing this season. When, 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 when she's at college, I think it's college, she, she walks in, she stops by at one meeting of the Young Republicans, and then the, and she goes, and then, you know, somehow I became president of the yeah, Young Republicans. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, like, <laughs> accidentally no, gets like, elected this whole to thing, the Young Republicans. This whole thing of this society. era elides completely and like it, it joins her at the hip with the civil rights movement the anti-war movement and like the nascent feminist through movement through pure insinuation and or yes. Yes. that she was personally she was standing next to them that she was personally inspired by Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. and like a, a cool youth pastor and she was like I just never I never understood how you could go to church on Sunday she and was hate standing, on Monday she was standing around in Grant Park uh, uh, which, which she uses as uh, her opening to say Take yeah, it away, no. Will. So, and Brendan alluded to this earlier, but like the documentary relies heavily on her telling these stories of being around all of this stuff. Or going it's to very, like one demonstration. It's very clear that she says, I just happened to end up being president of the Wellesley College Republicans. But they're talking about like all this social and turmoil and protests of the era. And they show tons of archival footage of like campus sit ins and occupations and anti war protests. Strangely enough, Hillary is never seen in any of these things. She's in every class photo that they can find from the yearbook, but there's no footage of her like speaking at an anti-war nope. rally or no. for you getting arrested. In head. But in your head, if you're you know the the uncanny uh, pudding-headed viewer of this shit, it's just in your mind. It's just oh, oh, obviously Hillary Clinton was involved in all of this, and she tells a story about the '68 Democratic Convention in Chicago. She says, you know. We just, you know, we needed to go to Grant Park. And, like, I was thinking in my head, what, like, help the police and Mayor Daly, like, <laughs> yeah. clean up this rabble in the streets? <laughs> the riffraff. And then what she talks about in that example, she was like, people were throwing rocks. And it was like, well, who are they throwing rocks at? It'll, it'll, hit, it'll hit all the other kids. And she was like, I was never someone who thought you could solve violence with violence. And yep. it's just like, oh, well, unless it's Libya or yeah, Iraq. Right, yeah. Look, I'm just saying, I advised Will to go for a leather couch. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he never passed on, he never passed on that advice. <laughs> We're very, we're very happy. Sorry, the cats are, the cat, the cats are at it again, folks. So, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's it's a very boomer thing too, is to just be like, 
Yeah, I remember when we were all doing that stuff, and it's yeah. like I, I too was putting daisies in like the the, the barrels know, of guns, the barrels yeah, of yeah. guns of like the National Guard and on also, campus. Also, it cannot, it could not contrast further. I don't think the film is aware of this. Certainly, the viewers who who want this film wouldn't be aware of it. Could not contrast further with the messaging from her professional political career in which she tells everybody, don't be radical. Yes. Don't ask for more. Yeah. Don't demand the impossible. In the part where it's the 60s and it was a long time ago and I may or may not have been a part of any of this shit, it was, we wanted to push the yep. envelope. Right. We wanted to demand the impossible. And then it like does the time jump and then you see her in 2008 or 2016 going, we need reasonable policy solutions that do not push the envelope. Yes. You know? And it's like, this is undermining the entire narrative. Right. It's not only right. sloppy. No, she says, uh, after saying, you know, I was never uh, a person who thought, you know, like you could solve violence with violence. And like, even though she's talking about being at like the 68 riot at the Democratic Convention, again, not even clear at all how much she was there for it. They just said, me and my friends went to Grant Park and we told our parents we were going to a movie. It's like, you're in college. Why are you calling your parents? First first of all, fucking nerd shit. Reverse engineering, like we were being cheeky. I think there's just a ton of lies in it. Like a lot of this is just like very like small Well, it's all about myth making. I mean, that's that's what her entire public career has been about. And part of the myth here is that like, of course, she was involved in this, like what I've looked at now as a very righteous moment of like protests in American history. But the myth that she's selling about herself in the present is like, this is the beginning of like, I was there for all that stuff, but I've always been a pragmatic idea. Yes. Yes. I've always been a problem I, solver. I certainly wasn't radicalized I, by the civil rights I wasn't, movement. I wasn't throwing rocks at the Chicago P- police. Like I, I was like, on the right side of history, but only in as much as like I had no skin in the game. I think the one thing she she did was give like a counter speech to a commencement speech. She became they Senator said, uh, Brooks. It, was, it, it wasn't was even a counter speech. No, no, it was, it was her senior year. And uh, their commencement speaker at Wellesley was the Republican senator, I think, from Massachusetts, Senator Brooks. Brooke, Brooke, Edmund, Brooke, Brooke. Edmund, Brooke. Edmund Brooke, who gave a sort of like, yeah, well, ladies, yeah. see, like, yeah. see here, ladies, yeah. Uh, yeah. there's a fine line, you see, between uh, speaking your mind and speaking too much. Yeah. So yeah. pipe down, honey. And then she said, like, I don't agree. Yeah, okay, and then, like, thank you, everybody. She was just chosen, apparently, by her class, not elected. One of her friends even says there was no vote or process. She was just chosen as the student speaker. Foreshadowing at our graduation, and then like she went out there and goes the super delegate. She goes off class, book. Yeah, she goes there. off book and is like, but as mildly as possible, she's like, um, well, with all due respect to the senator, there, I think, and uh, I don't think it was despite the sleight of hand of the documentary and whatever documentaries, some artistic license, I guess, but it's not the audio from the time. It's not. It's like yeah. this Definitely more not. well-articulated, perfectly clear yeah. which unlike we the see, senator's which audio. Which we see again and again. And there's it's also someone, like, someone, no, I, there's, uh, there's also no, like, disagree. Like, no one would hear that and be like, so oh, she showed him. clear. Yeah. It's, they actually got Morgan Friedman to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. You're like, wow. Oh, hello, I'm Hillary Clinton. Yeah. I don't believe uh, you, Senator. <laughs> so, okay, so from there, then it goes back to the, the, the 2016 narrative. And my, I think my favorite part about this documentary is seeing all of these like Hillary Renfields, all these campaign <laughs> workers, the all these guys like gr- uh, gr- Nick Merrill, Robbie James Mook. Sullivan, yeah. Robbie Mook, just vile uh, creatures. All of these, like, the Clinton Foundation Torgos. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> all the all the Clinton Torgos show up and they're like, 
Yeah. <laughs> Hillary, my <laughs> master. I'm, I'm my life for you. <laughs> my life for you, Hillary. Like, and then they're like, it's so funny watching in retrospect. Like, how did this gang possibly lose? <laughs> wow. Like, the, the, All the smartest of, people in the room. Of uh, sniveling, ass-kissing incompetence. Translucent yeah. You see Robbie Mook's like, plans for, the, for a big app that he's going to do <laughs> in the background when it's being filmed. Someday. And the first thing they talk about is the email servers. And they sort of set it up like... Let's get straight she, to it. She was done wrong from the very beginning. And the way they talk about it is so funny. They said that the email servers prevented people from knowing, ever really knowing how much she truly cared. Because everything she wanted to talk about, small businesses, but everyone was just asking her about the email servers. Guess what? I don't really care because fuck small businesses yeah, too. Exactly. <laughs> There's footage to your point though that they, they shovel that in. It's like they, she's wa- there's footage of her doesn't she's walking by and there's these two guys who I don't think say anything to her or ask to talk they to her. They just mumble and respond. And she just goes, well I always uh, have supported small businesses and I hope to be a small business president and then walks away and she's like that, no they didn't they weren't even talking it's to you. She basically it's just a cat, drive-by. She catcalled yes, them. Yes she yeah. catcalled like, them. I love small businesses you beautiful baby. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be noted. She's talking about how I just couldn't get my message out there. Yep. She was in charge of what ads were, her ads said, right? Less than 10% of her ads referenced any fucking policies of any yep, kind. Of course. And then I want to talk that about is, like... The, that's a true... Right. It was the emails. Her, the, it was the emails. The, like, the small um, like, coterie of like, actual journalists who show up to be like, like supposedly objective talking heads. The guy who's in it the most is Peter Baker New York of the Times. New York Times. And the way he talks about this is like as like an issue that was covered or that he may be covered, but like in, in certain tones is really funny because he, what he says about the email server issue is he says, quote, the rules are very arcane. <laughs> and it's like, no, they're not. They're you can't like, have yeah. a private email yeah, server. That you can it's actually quite server. simple. What yeah. is private? What is public? Put it on the government server. And yeah. when they talk to Hillary about this to explain, you know, why this happened, she just says, look, you know, I, when I was Secretary of State, I just started using Bill's old email servers that he had for the Clinton Foundation. You know, like a shared couple's out, Facebook you know, page. Out of convenience. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when a, yeah, when a couple has a shared Facebook page. Which yeah. is also menacing. Yeah. Well, we, we have one, so. Um. <laughs> and then, she, then the next thing she says, Colin Powell, when he was Secretary of State, he did it too. Yeah. It's like, evil oh, person. you mean that corrupt, evil piece of shit? <laughs> right. Who remember, helped us get in the fucking Iraq war? And when the Bush administration deleted millions of emails in the last days of the, of like the, the administration? It's like that. Yeah. A guy who was like, a huge skit, or should have been, and yeah. it was yeah. a massive a crime. A guy like Colin Powell, who, like, it, when he, you hear his name in public, you should spit on the ground yeah. instinctively. Also, of, not running for president. Yep. Yeah. For, yeah. And then, and then straight, and this is the other funny thing we noted is that when they're talking to all of her, like the Hillary Torgos, they have this weird way of repeating the same phrases where they were like, yes, the, on the email, like her private email servers, this was just stuff about quote yoga and Chelsea's wedding. Yep. And they all say, yeah, this wasn't anything. This is about yoga and Chelsea's yep. wedding. Like yep. they're just filling in, like that's, that's the phrase. And, yes. the line. and like spam emails from Ann Taylor Loft. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they really have their talking points locked up a little too tightly for it to seem casual and organic as they would like. And the first of many instances that we should talk about later as they, as they get bigger and bigger, the, uh, one of many instances where the press basically failed Hillary 
And, yes. yeah. and the whole establishment failed her because she she just didn't play the game well enough to get the attention off these emails. She was too, too naive and pure. She was just too to talk about the real stuff. And the media, the, the media was playing. They were like the real the you know people, the game masters. And that guy, Peter right, Baker, uh, wasn't the, he deeply involved in covering that story? Yeah, he was covering. I, I actually I don't know, but probably. And then there's Amy the Chozik. Was Amy Chozik, sure. who's another New York Times reporter who was Hillary's beat reporter, who has completely been captured, like regulatory capture by her by her own beat which happens a lot and then one more uh reporter i don't really remember who but the, the, every one of them oh joe klein is one of them he shows up in episode two yeah and i'll get i'll get to him but they, a- they all walk that line of trying to present objectivity because they're a reporter and this isn't a hagiography we're we got the journalists who are covering the case but they all end up saying um you know some people uh, imagined that this was corrupt Hillary saw it a different way. That's like the most, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. most you're going to get yeah. out of the, the critical. And, side. you know, like, I, I just want to bring up, like, as far as the, like, again, the, the, this absolute hagiography hey, goes, all this email shit is brought up at the beginning to be like, let's get this out of the way. Yeah. Let's, let's get this let's on get the record about what a non yeah, issue non-issue. this is. It's all supposed to be so exonerating. And look, yeah. you're supposed to watch this and look back at it and be like, how could anyone have ever thought this was an issue? But it's incredible. But even damning. on its own terms, it is so not that. Yeah. yeah. They look so bad it's about shady. this shit. It's so fucking but also, shady. You take the most rinky dink controversy possible, because compared to Libya or fucking Limited Iraq Hangout. Or, you, limited Hangout. You take the most rinky dink thing and you put that up front, and you put 20 minutes on it and go, yeah, it's complicated. No, did she do everything right? No. And that way, when you have to talk about Iraq or yeah. about fucking Wall Street, it's all just like, well, we did the hard part already. This is yeah. all. You, you're People bored. People are really concerned about the emails. Yeah. But the fact that they put that first like it was so early in the documentary which makes uh-huh. no sense because they're trying to start out from her childhood well, non-linear this, yeah, this non-linear yeah, let's this, go to like the most recent uh, yeah. election they're gonna yeah. show like whatever so, CGI of dinosaurs or whatever it's very <laughs> Terrence Malick but like it doesn't <laughs> Ter- Ter- Terrence Malick but like extremely shitty yes it's very bad you learn it makes nothing, no sense there's nothing illuminating about human nature it just doesn't it's, 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 it, it, it's <laughs> They even she do the fruit their uh, like distraction method. They're you know throw them a little piece of something to distract them from this. They even do that wrong because they do it way too early. Yes, they're by yeah, emphasizing the email her. thing more. Yeah. So um, then, in, in moving along this narrative, it cuts back to say she's graduated from college and then she makes the choice to go to Yale Law School, right? Which is like you know cutting edge Ivy League. And, you know, it, it talks about, like, you know, this is the moment where she really becomes, like, self-consciously part of the sort of second-wave feminist movement. And no girls wa- allowed. She wanted to become oh, a lawyer yeah, yeah. to uh, practice family law and advocate on behalf of children and what I assume are their beautiful adrenal glands. Yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> another situation where she paints something as sort of feminist when, in fact, it's, like, just sort of advantageous to her. Like, that's... A Self-serving. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's an area where she would have a leg up. Like the fucking, um, or she talks about like uh, not keeping her name. It was advantageous to her when she was going into family law, uh, or not changing her name, uh, joining a law firm to join a law firm um, to have her own name because she has to, you know, have this identity of like the feminist lawyer. And uh, it was advantageous to to her later to hyphenate when she was in a bigger room. And they talked to her friends from uh, from law school at that time who who just basically like you know. I didn't want to go into family law because that was too feminine for me. And, like, I was too much of, like, a feminist. And, like, Hillary was actually... Even more radical than me. It turned out we thought she wasn't radical, but she was even more amazing. And and she tells the story of, like, the first day on campus, 
the, of this human college that I was attending, <laughs> these boys came up to me and all my, my, my fellow uh, women students and said, hey, you dizzy broads, you don't belong in law school. Go home and make me a, a cake, and I, I hope I never see you again. It's just like, this did, this did not happen. It was happen. such a, It just yes. did not this happen. It did not happen. I mean, yeah, I'm not denying, I'm sure, like, like every, you know, there were still, the social mores were, were not, what a, were not What a they, poignant symbol, though. But it was so, as you say, too on the nose. Yeah. You just yeah. hear that, and you go, that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. They pulled my braids. Yeah. The most san- it's yeah. the most sanitized shit. Yeah. So then it talks about, um, like, another sort of, uh, like, gem in her resume that we did hear a lot about during 2016. I remember hearing stories about this and like Bill was the one pitching this really hard is like the, the humanizing element of her is that she did like sort of like undercover work for the children's defense fund in the deep South where she would like, you know, uh, oh, yeah. sort of like go in to like apply for a mortgage and be like, you know, wink, wink, there won't be too many black people in this neighborhood. And they'd be like, Oh no, man, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. And then, and then reporting she was a back secret to, shopper yeah. for civil rights. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They say it was dangerous for her to be quote poking. And around. then, and then someone says of this thing, she was like, you know, well, this was still, no, Hillary sem- says it. I, no, I thought no, it was someone else. Uh, who said I thought it was Hillary. Yeah, it was a friend it was one of, of her, one of her little like yeah tour guys. classmates. Um, says that you know, well you know now this this was the seventies and like this was still pretty dangerous in the for south. Like, a, a woman to be poking around the south or whatever. And Matt, as you point out, like she wasn't registering black voters no. or anything. <laughs> yeah. Like she, she wasn't, wasn't like she wasn't a freedom, freedom rider rides. or whatever. Fuck yeah. Off. She was a she was a white woman like well, applying was, for mortgage. She was doing her own freedom. Like nobody even would know that she was doing that until later. Like. Or they would never know. They would just like get a letter from like the fucking government saying stop being racist or whatever. So, and, and this is where they introduce. <laughs> I've gotten one of those letters. <laughs> <laughs> you're a podcaster. You've gotten one. <laughs> so this is where they introduce. If you haven't gotten at least one of those. You're not a real podcast. <laughs> this is when they introduce. Slick Willie. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. This is where he enters the story, and they meet at law school, He's and then he becomes man. being featured in the present as an interview subject. I'll just say right off the like bat, Lady Elaine Fairchild. Bill Clinton looks like shit. He looks well. And here's something else I want to notice. In the first episode especially, when everybody, he's talking about him and Hillary's relationship, he has this thing he does where his whole hand mm-hmm. is touching his face. Yes. It's this weird, like, like Jack you know, Benny. Uh, it's like the cover of Paul Reiser's book about fatherhood yeah. or something like that. Where he's just smiling yeah. beatifically. He's got his whole hand on covering his face. Or he, he's touching his face. And this always reminded me of uh, this rule I made for myself when I was in, in publishing. That if you look at an author photo on a book jacket and you can see the author's hands, especially if the hands are touching the person's face, you can be guaranteed 1,000% that they are full of shit. Yes. That's it, why it's Thomas, a tell. It's Thomas a tell. Friedman and Stephen March are all dying of Corona right now <laughs> yes. because they won't stop touching their face. Well, yeah, we don't know about Bill Clinton yet. Hopefully, he's, he uh, didn't, looks like didn't, he had it didn't at the stop time touching of his face. Yeah. So Bill says about like when he first started seeing Hillary around campus, he said, "I just found her magnetic," and he said, "I had just come out of a relationship, and I was thinking I would never be in a relationship again." You know, of course, you know read between the lines like I'm just going to be pulling tail and piecing out. He also goes on to say like he never thought he would be married. Yeah. Which, yeah. So, and then he says That's not true either because like a career politician has to have like, a wife. Need a wife. Yeah. kids, yeah. yeah. So he says like well, there's just she was, the, she was the woman who tamed him. Uh-huh. There's just something about her that I found magnetic. And then Bill says like one of the first times like they encountered each other like in the same room and he says quote, I just couldn't bring myself to touch her on the shoulder. 
which is like for not alpha. <laughs> young, Joe, young Joe Biden yeah. would not have hover handed young Absolutely Hillary Clinton. Not. He would have just swooped right in there and groped done, her. Done the full Bush Angela Merkel back rub. <laughs> yeah. Would have took a big whiff of hair. Yeah. You know, started whispering in her ear like. Joe Biden, he would have sealed the deal the immediately. Bank. But also, I don't believe Bill Clinton is No, I, I don't no. believe anything Bill Clinton says. But he is, I have to say, we all have to acknowledge this, uh, really fun to watch. Oh, his, yeah. Some of his early footage is just like, damn, he really was slick. Well, which yep. further emphasizes that like he, I think he used to be a good speaker, but in this doc, yeah. Oh, yeah. He he was, just, he's just like a diminished yeah. form of, like of himself. He's, he yeah. drank from the wrong grail. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. So, uh, you know, Hillary describes young Bill as like the most interesting man in the world. And again, there's just something about him that was just so he was so charismatic and intelligent, blah, blah, blah. And He's Bill a- says, um, you know, they go on, uh, they take a vacation in Europe. She'd never been there for the first time. They're walking around castles in Wales. And Bill tells her, look, I really want to marry you, but you shouldn't marry me because I'm a bad guy. <laughs> it's such a fuckboy yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like- Basically, he was a fuck boy. But also, I feel like they're doing this weird thing where they're trying to make her sort of sound like the ingenue. Yep. And yes, like, or like a Bill, femme, femme fatale or yeah, something. Yeah, Bill was a hill, like yeah, an actual hillbilly. Yeah. And uh, he actually had a single mother and like this idea that Bill Clinton was worldly or something and she was... She was from the suburbs of Chicago and grew up pretty. It should have been the other way around. Well, yeah, she, yeah. she didn't have uh, a heavy Southern accent. So yeah, we'll yeah. get to that. Not we'll yet. get to that. that. Uh, so, Will, Will, do you, as a self-proclaimed bad boy, do you have do you have anything to say about that characterization? I mean, I'm just saying, like, there are good women who fall in love with you know bad guys, but like, obviously, they can't help themselves. But like, maybe they should because. <laughs> You know we're dangerous. You're a good. You're a good. You're a good <laughs> boy. You know, you're a good boy. There are heartbreakers out there, slick, despite how intelligent. Slick Willie over here. Despite how intelligent and charismatic they may be, I'm just saying, like sometimes it's bad news. Like, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you're gonna get hurt. Sometimes you should settle maybe for like the quieter, shy. Nicer if you, guys, if, if you, you, know? if you're I'm holding my tongue. You opened it up. You opened it. You left it right there, and I'm sidestepping it. I'm if he seems perfect, but guy. but then you hear him say rather instead of rather, you got oh, a dangerous, dangerous oh, stop. Oh. oh, come on now. <laughs> Run away, lady. We're here to talk about Hillary Clinton, <laughs> not Will Menica. <laughs> uh, so, okay, then, it, then we cut back to the present and we get an amazing behind-the-scenes look Ooh. at Kate McKinnon and oh. Hillary Clinton oh, practicing God. to go on SNL that is one... It, I think it's, this was actually one of the most, like, in the mouth of madness, yeah, George C. Scott, real, and hardcore real, moments. Real dark. Turn it off! Yeah. Turn it off! <laughs> yeah. Where it's just Kate McKinnon's like, you're so fucking good, Hillary. Oh, like, she's just kissing and her they're ass, just, they're, they're just, just simpering. They're just doing, like, they're throwing bits back and forth. Well, they're, they're like, like, rehearsing in the dressing room, yeah. and Hillary does one line. They're, like... They're riffing about Donald Trump, and again, this is scripted. They're it's not even riffing; it's just scripted. Well, yeah, she's yeah. reading the lines. But she, what, what was the line? She says, "Donald Trump is he the one that's like, uh, you're all losers." <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. Thank you for uh, saving the world. (laughs) And Kate McKinnon is like hands in her face, doubled over in fake laughter. It's uncomfortable to watch. That's so good. I can't. I've never heard something that funny. Well, luckily they still have Kate McKinnon on this pretending female politicians are funny. uh, Luckily, Kate McKinnon, um, you know, she definitely. 
it, it, you know, did not appear in protest on that episode of SNL that Donald Trump hosted that yeah. very summer. Weird. No, I had not seen Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. No, uh, she, she, she did. She, she was. I'm pretty sure that yeah. Kate McKinnon has not fa- feigned enthusiasm that hard since she dated Barry Weiss. Wow, 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 wow. Barry Weiss. She dated Folks. Barry Weiss. Oh, to catch that one? Her enthusiasm. Then, then we get to the moment that I think, like, even if you haven't watched this, you've probably already read. And don't, by the oh, way. Or, yeah, don't. Or That's, seen. Yeah, like, no, cau- we're doing this, this for you. This is a cautionary tale. We're doing this for He's you, Sam. Really we're really not it. elected to do this. I had lunch with Will, and then I made the extremely dumb decision to come over. Well, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm, now, just working, I'm just working from home, and we'll do anything not to work. So <laughs> here I am. This was a bad idea. You just live here. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do. I'm speaking, of course, about the moment where Hillary addresses Bernard Sanders. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of bad bad men coming onto the scene. This is where she says, you know, as you read the quote, you know, he just, nobody liked him. He got nothing done. He just was unemployed until he was 40 and then got elected to something or whatever. She says he's a career politician. A career politician. It's not a bad Hillary Who who just got elected to something. And it's just like, well, yeah, mayor of Burlington, then Congress, then senator as this open socialist in America. Yeah, that little thing. But he, he wasn't did in a politics. lawyer. Yeah. He wasn't a lawyer, or that's it. That's yeah, all and she he was didn't go to law school. Yeah. And I, or I also have to sort of bring up the fact that when people talk about like how hard Hillary worked to get to where she was, so and hard. how she how she deserved these this political career because she did what so many other hardworking women did before her, which is marry a more successful man. <laughs> But, like, literally, that is why she has her career. Yeah. I mean, she would have been just, like, what, a, a corporate lawyer? Yeah, otherwise? Just he, was a, lawyer. he was a successful yeah. politician, and then she, she got she her just, shot. She just got in, in the draft of an incredible talent. Like the a guy who became a two-term guy. Democratic yeah. president. Yes. Whereas, like, I'm sorry, Bernie Sanders' political career, way more impressive than Absolutely. yours. Absolutely. Way more. His way up. Fucking, yeah. like, long, he was, like, a third-party, like, Trotskyist weirdo in the 70s running uh, the uh, Liberty uh, Union Party. Excuse me. Okay, but, like, uh, what what bills has he passed yeah. um show me the bills uh, he's passed hillary's record as senator the only lead piece of legislation she ever got passed was a piece of legislation about violence in video games oh my that God. was her sterling fucking Did she resume say it was good <laughs> no, she was against <laughs> she wanted more of it she wanted more and everyone disagreed her big thing that she that, that she quarterbacked when she was first lady was healthcare reform which she ate shit at yeah yep. well, well and it was also that. garbage like yeah, her was plan was plan. garbage We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Then we see Robbie Mook show up for the first time, who's from Vermont. Good to see him. And he says, you know, I was the one who told Hillary, do not underestimate Bernie Sanders. I know he seems like this old weirdo ranting about whatever, but I mean, he's been saying the same stuff for 20 years. Boring. Yeah, imagine how stupid that would be if you had a consistent belief. Move on, dude. Exactly. Um, And here's an interesting thing. Then they show more of this, like, on the campaign trail footage of her speaking at, I think, SUNY Purchase in New York. And, like, to illustrate, like, this is where they're beginning to inject the narrative about, like, the vitriol on the left that she had to face from Bernie Sanders. And they show a group of young college students yelling at her, yelling, feel the burn at her. All of the people yelling at her were young women. Yes. And later on, they show her getting grilled at public events by people who are saying... Uh, according to Huffington Post, you've taken $150,000 from fossil fuel uh, industry. Like, are you going to give that back? Also, will, are you, you, are also you gonna, will you ban fracking? Will you, will you stand up to ban fracking? Everyone drilling her on this shit 
were young young women. probably not even voting age women they yeah. look like like yeah like yeah like, teenage, teenage, like yeah. Early sure, college i'm sure women. they sca- they scavenged for clips that were men and there just they weren't any yeah, and any. they o- almost probably thought about reshooting the footage to like just make it look like it was men and just do it like a dramatic she's, reenactment she's, she's giving couldn't. she's giving us a speech at an event and then some hecklers do it and they they chant she wins we lose they, you cannot mistake the people yelling at you. You even see them do it, or once again, young women yelling this at her. Well, and she has no adequate response to this, which and is why whenever she just kicked them out. Well, yeah, well, well, yeah. Well, well, and she's more, like, guess what? You're going now. And more sad. broad, more broadly, it's like that's why whenever they try and like answer that disconnect, they end up saying awkward shit like, "Well, they're doing socialism for the boys." Yeah, or, it's sad that they've been suckered in by this. Yeah, by this yeah, drawn in by these man. online harassers. Yeah. And you know, and then, yeah, and then well, she's she's I'll, walking down a hallway, and this is more of like the behind the scenes campaign footage, quote unquote. You know, yeah, candid. really, really unscripted. It's yeah, super awkward. Well, this and, is this is at least not impeccably lit, so it's at least slightly more authentic. But they're like talking to this guy Jake Sullivan as they walk down the hallway, like a policy advisor, and he's saying, you know, there's an underlying vitriol to the Sanders supporters, you know, and it's just like this is, and they go, this is a strange election. It's a strange one, yeah. And he goes, you know, there's just. Where does all this discouragement and anger come from? You know, we didn't face that before. And then he says, it's not like 2008. And the, what, the phrase that they use here is very telling. Her advisor says, in 2008, people were buying a story about optimism. And she goes, you know, that's such a good point. It's not like that now. <laughs> yeah, they I were buying a story about why. optimism. I wonder why they don't buy that anymore. Yeah. Because what they our... were selling was fraud was, was totally fake why isn't the lie we're telling a second time being believed yeah, it's like why I aren't understand. they eating the slop just yeah. as readily yeah, it's like i i said to come over and eat a delicious steak and then i gave you a pile of dog shit <laughs> and now i'm inviting you to dinner and you don't want to come over i don't understand <laughs> And like, you just have to deal with this. I've, I've done that with Matt, inviting him over to dinner dozens of times. <laughs> Matt, he keeps Matt, coming. One of these though. days, I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Mook says about this issue, and they're, and they're intercutting back and forth between like Bernie Sanders talking about like, yeah, I believe free in college. free college. Yep. Also, him giving her the what for during the debates about oh, yeah, her speeches to Wall Street, and like, you know, Wall Street has been some of your biggest campaign contributors. You know, you may you, you you may think they're dumb and they don't know what they're buying. Like, I don't think that's the case. I think they know what they're getting when yeah. they give you all this money, Good line. right? And then she's like, "Oh, I'm not going to listen to you and pinch my integrity or whatever." Blah blah blah. And if anything, like this just underscores that Bernie should have been a lot more fucking nasty yeah. to her. They should have been no, a lot no, more. No, 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 no. Literally, when he first ran, this was an attempt. He didn't think he could win up until the very end, and it was an attempt at a realignment campaign. So him just coming in and. That's what he did was on a realignment campaign that turned into there, a real yeah. campaign. Well, then it's a lesson so for what we should do. Well, then it's a lesson for now. Now he should. Now he should because now this is this is the real. This I, is I, the real think, I think to jump back into current moment, I actually think that speech he gave. Did you watch the one he gave a couple days ago where he was just questioning Joe relentlessly about like, well, what are you what are you going to do about healthcare? What are you going to do about this? Like I actually he, thought that was gonna, like pretty go good Joker. and effective. Got to like, do it in the room with him, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, it yeah. makes me gonna, excited for the debate. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. and I'm hoping. And, you know, ask way, him, just ask him three questions in a row. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, <laughs> what did you have for breakfast this morning? How did you get here? Yeah. What is what is your son's? And by the way, like, yeah, really. I, saw, I saw some people saying like, you know, uh, it's actually like sort of a strange strategic move of Bernie to give Biden like a, just basically a preview of everything he's going to throw at him on Sunday. To which I say, to which I say. Biden's people must know that these questions are coming. And even if he does call his shot, you know, point to the, the mm-hmm. right field bleachers or whatever, 
It's not like Joe Biden has any fucking answers to these questions that he yeah. can actually give. His answer yeah. to all of those questions, what are you going to do about it, is a resounding nothing. No, well, it's like, and, and it's moreover, like a boxer. Like, it's not like even if they did prep him, he's going to remember. Exactly, exactly. It's like a boxer stepping, you know, before, like, before the pre-fight press conference being like, look, when we get in that ring, I'm going to work your body until you can't breathe, and then I'm going upstairs until they knock you the fuck out. Yeah. I'll tell you I'm going to do it, but you're still not going to stop me when, I, when <laughs> right. those punches start flying. You got me all excited. Yeah. All right. Okay. There's another quote from Robbie Mook here that I think is amazing. Oh, we're back down. He talks about... (laughs) Completely. Yeah, we're back in the mud. Speaking about, like, this free college issue, he says, her greatest strength as a politician is just knowing everything about the policy back to front and, like, uh, you know, knowing every, like, lever of bureaucracy, blah, blah, blah. That's her superpower. But it's also her greatest weakness. And then she's she says, just "Is this so the Green Lantern smart. theory she of power?" She cares too much. And like, and then this is her answer for why, you know, she was like, "People would say it to me all the time. Why don't you just go out and say free college?" The people seem to like to hear that. And like, I just couldn't do that because I don't. I like lying to people about what they can. <laughs> yes. like, you know, I, I like to be realistic about what we can have. This- so no, she goes. I suffer. It's it's playing to their emotions to say free college. And she says, "Quote." I suffer from a responsibility gene. Yep. Oh, I actually thought this was one of the better and therefore totally unintentional cuts in this documentary so far. It goes from her. I think she's either it's a clip of Bernie or it's someone talking about Bernie like, oh, let's give people free college. And then it cuts to her at a campaign event and someone asks like, well, why can you do that? Or like, what's or what are you going to do about free college? And she's like, OK, I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is like uh, ma- I'm I'm gonna make uh, this debt free plan. It's like the Kamala Harris like three levels of like if you're a Pell Grant recipient and you open a business. It, she's talking about like if you're debt, I'm gonna make debt you debt free tuition. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense because she's like, but then you can refinance, refinance the it. debt. Yes, and, and she's also the word and debt. she's also talking about affordability, which is like no, just yeah. give it to people for free. free. Which is whether it's healthcare or education. Yes. Yes. There's that word affordable but, but, once that, again, but that juxtaposition was incredible but once again it was it was okay here's a flaw not only like like as a campaigning say it and then break the promise but she didn't even do that it said she was too smart she wanted to get into that policy she loves that policy and she's also too realistic no, and doesn't want to let people it's down not, she's, it's not that she's too smart it's that well you did say how she she's loves not, policy well, yeah, so but much. she's not like clever or canny enough or she has too much integrity to just lie to both voters, of those things you know yes. like she yes. suffers from a responsibility gene. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same, yeah. Same dude. Okay, then we go back in time with Bill Clinton being elected to the youngest governor in American history at 32, which is kind of astonishing, yeah. becomes the Democratic governor of Arkansas. She was the AOC and he's just time. like, yeah. Indeed. <laughs> She's going to be the Bill Clinton of her time. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Slam. <laughs> she, uh, he comes in, he's just like, Arkansas, thank you so much. We're going to execute all the blacks. <laughs> and then the ones we don't, we're going to make work at the governor's mansion. You know? So, and then, and then, and then uh, the, this is a moment that, like, the, the, as far as her story goes about how she was going to be always going to be a new kind of first lady. This is in Arkansas. This is the South. She keeps her, uh, she keeps her maiden name. Yeah. All right. You're very keep- chill right yeah, now. Yeah, you're, you're chill as fuck. <laughs> This if isn't you were anywhere chill, you'd be on the floor. Well, that is just entirely it's, laid out. It's, it's the serenity that comes with being fully joker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're comfortable. Yeah, you, you're you make yourself at home. Yeah. Second only to the piece of the grave is the piece of the joker fire. <laughs> okay. 
So this is all about, you know, she, uh, she kept her uh, maiden name. Mm. Uh, she didn't change her name. Uh, she, of course, they didn't have uh, a child at that time. She was not going to be, you know, for the conventions of the South. She was, like, considered a very radical departure from, sure. you know, the role of uh, the, the wife of a politician. Sure. And then, of course, uh, Bill loses in 1980, or in 82, I think. She, he loses the governorship. And then, like, he comes back and wins it again. Yeah. He wins it a second time. And that was, like, his real rise to power. And it talks about how she self-consciously sort of changes her image to fit that campaign in a way. She takes off the big, like, big Coke bottle, big giant, like, Gloria Steinem glasses. Oh, which yeah. were cool. She's, she starts it dressing. Was the best she looked was yeah. she had the giant as, glasses. As a large head person, we need large glasses to balance out the large head. And, you know... Uh, she was like, I'm not going to be the reason he loses this campaign. Right. She puts in the contacts, takes on the big glasses. She starts dressing more conservatively and also had had Chelsea by that point. So she like filled the role of like wife and mother. Mm-hmm. Which, right? by the way, she made that sound like a makeover scene that she, you know, endured to support her husband and stand by her man. No, it just became the 80s. And she just wasn't dressing like it was 1972 anymore. Everyone had an update. Everyone had a wardrobe. There's change. a sleight of hand where it's like any change she is making to her fashion or her appearance was like a radical, uh, either a radical move or a self sacrifice. When yeah, it's just like fashion change in general. She's like no, everyone yeah. was getting people perms, weren't wearing so glasses like that. And, Everything and she does is well, also, is, some, is brave and radical because she did it. Yeah. Well, and it's That's it's like it it's way. uniquely feminist and yeah. yeah. So uh, this gets this gets us to the end of episode one, and I gotta say. Don't watch this documentary. However, if you want to watch one thing from this series, I would recommend fast-forwarding to the very end of the first episode because this is all talking about how she sort of changed her image. Bill got uh, elected after losing an election. Then he became like, that was his second shot at the Arkansas governor is that's when he really, his career really took off, right? It shows clips of her speaking in this era and she affects, oh, yeah. again, from the, if by Suburbs this era, of you Chicago. Mean then. You mean yeah, then? I mean, yeah, then, in like the yeah. late 80s or whatever. Yeah. She, again, from the suburbs of Illinois, now the First Lady of Arkansas, there are several clips of her at the very end of episode one affecting the most cracker ass Southern accent I've <laughs> ever heard. Would you run for office, Hillary? I don't think so, Pat. I love being involved in politics, and I love what we can do to try to help people. Uh, but I don't see the possibility myself of running for office, but I want to stay involved and work as hard as I can. You're not going to say never, though, are you? I never say never. I didn't think so, but we'll be back. She literally sounds like Mick Jagger in The Girl with Faraway Eyes. I actually disagree entirely. Like, <laughs> I call oh, it a ra- gospel radio station. Yeah. I disagree entirely. Okay. What? I think she fucking nailed it. Oh, she thought you, she, she, she did a good accent. Yeah. No, I think she fucking nailed it. Whoa. It's specifically Arkansas, too. Okay. Like, uh... Because that's its own weird southern yeah. dialect, and um, the the like the leaning on the eyes. She she didn't fall into. Well, I'm from Arkansas. Sure. Like she, I I think she fucking has been but listening but to her not, terrible not, husband. Yeah, yeah. It was subtle enough that it was like this is practice. Yeah, yeah. That didn't she's, make it she's, good. She's trying it out. But it was it was she's like a light, a light enough she's, hand uh, that you were like you you can take voice lessons uh, or something. Yeah. I think I think she you know I think uh, I think she did a good job faking that accent. Right. It was a light touch. It was. She didn't go all in. People because, often okay. overact. Challenging. Yeah. yeah. As subtly um, tuned to the state it that she was insane. in, it is, it is insane, insane because it, we all know that's not the way she Why talks. Why are you doing that? We yeah. know how you talk. 
We know how and you, you as talk. a viewer, have been watching her in footage for the entire hour. So it's so obvious. So then you're like, what? You're like, we, what happened? We played yeah. it back. We were yeah. like, Wait. yeah, we did watch it twice. Yeah. And it was worth it. Yeah. It was deranged. And you see where, you know, guys like Pete Buttigieg, you know, get their game from. Oh, yeah. Where, like, they just start talking like whatever audience they're speaking to. Yeah. Script is whether like Obama. And when you remember... Uh, when people to judge spoke on behalf of Biden in Texas recently, he started talking like a fucking Texas fucking cowboy. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, he like imprints on uh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay. You feeling good, audience? You nope. feeling good, listeners? No. Nope. Are you feeling I'm... Joker? Oh, yes. <laughs> Do you That's feel... a different question. Can we rush through the second one? Do you feel... I... A smile. Do you feel a smile? <laughs> Do you feel like be... laughing? I'm not are enjoying my jokerification Are you starting process. to find uh, crime Humorous. I'm 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 feeling like um a bunch of uh city toughs stole my my arrow sign and are beating me to death with it uh, in an alleyway. That's oh how no. I feel. Episode oh, two, no. becoming a lady. Yep, ironic. Becoming uh, a lady. I get it. I learned That's a lot from this one personally yeah. as a lady. Uh, as a lady, a lady. <laughs> uh, begins with her getting her makeup put on, yeah. and then it sets up this whole thing about how, uh, you know, oh this okay this is where she talks about how uh, Bernie. Sorry, this is the moment where she really talks about how nobody likes Bernie, mm. blah, blah, blah. It's all and She was really obsessed. I mean, like, Bernie actually featured very heavily in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and I, we're, you know, I think there's going to be a lot more of that. Yeah. Uh, they, they have behind-the-scenes footage of them at one of their debates where Bernie and then Chuck Todd uh, drill her to the wall about uh, the Goldman Sachs speaking fees. And you can see her campaign watching the debate in the campaign room. Just wincing. Yep. Oh, you can no. see their stomachs getting turned into knots over this. Yep. And one of her advisors even says, look, there's going to be like some actual good face journalists who are going to ask the question, why are you getting paid 200 grand to give an hour speech? Isn't it reasonable to like yeah. in a presidential election to just be like, well, what did you tell them? What yeah. was in those speeches? Well, and she totally whiffs the response, right? She's just she like, goes, I'll look into she's it. She's like, I'll look into it. And Chuck yeah, Todd asks they all, her. You can see them all like they're clench up. Yeah, you can see all their assholes just like Which is actually, reverse tool up. If like, anyone has seen that woman, by the That's way, who, who, if anyone's seen that Literally. woman who said that was a good point, deals with please, the viscera. Yeah. Yeah. Report to the police. Uh, yeah, all of her, all of her behind the scenes team people are very, um, you know, Apple Dumpling Gang or whatever. Like it's, it's really embarrassing. I hope they're okay. I hope they do. Well, you do see a Podesta a lot. You see a lot of like just Slender Man in the yeah. background. Like Podesta. there's oh, many Slender Man. I really hope we're going to get a Podesta scene. sit down before this thing is over. They do. Oh, he was in one scene as a sit down. And they he can't him, sit down. It's like he's, he's like a horse. He's like a horse. He, he, he sleeps standing up, up against a wall. He's got that thing where he just kind of laughs at the end of every sentence. He's crucified. It sounds like. Sounds like creepy lizard. Yeah, Matt. What do you have to say about that? What is John Podesta? He's Jokerified. He's laughing at the end of every sentence. (laughs) He's uh, more of a riddler. John Podesta is not the Joker. Uh, Only you're the Joker. Um, Then we see, uh, you know, going into the the first voting, the Iowa caucus, Mm. which she for some reason she won by point one percent and. Again, talking about uh, current events, certainly now we've experienced the Iowa caucus this time around. With Holy the, shit. You know what's funny? At they were able range. to get that the night of. They were able to announce her the winner the night of. Even By with that, that margin. Uh, uh, with that margin, they no, announced that No night talk about election won. integrity. Yeah. And, uh, and they you know, did not release the actual vote totals. There's the scenes way. of her, like all the bill and like the brain trust. They're all sitting around in the hotel room and Hillary comes in. They're like, wow, this is a nail biter, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And they're all just being like, "Ooh, it's pretty close, aren't we? All the boys are playing cards yeah, very convincingly. Know? And uh, at one point, one, one person says to her, um, look, it's at point. You have a point two percent lead now. 
it may shrink to a 0.1% lead, but we're all very confident. Which leads to the question, why? <laughs> why were they all so serenely confident I mean, that's in this very, moment? very, very, very small margin. Where Hillary comes in, you know, this is the documentary footage, and she's just like, okay, everybody, <laughs> it's a close race. What are we all going to do about it? And then they're like, cut. And then they're like, okay, yeah, what are you doing to steal this shit? Yeah. Because I'm sorry, looking back on it then, at the moment, we should have known it, but certainly looking back on it now. Oh, yes. I am 1,000% sure they stole that shit for her oh, in 2016. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One million percent positive it's, that they it's, stole that it's shit. A fact. When, when she says, what are we going to do about it, you can almost hear them powering up the heart attack gun to hit Bernard. Well, because it's also this footage undermine. This footage enhances everything you suspect, even though it is fake and staged. And it's not intended for that. They're so psychotic, which is what I've always respected. Felix has talked about this, about the Hillary people. They're not like the Obama people who are so, you know, like yeah. focus grouped and, and, and they're all named John and it's like they're indistinguishable and they're very they're mellow. Robots. It's that the Hillary people are psychos. And so even when they're trying to dupe you, they tip their hand. And you can tell that they're like, their faces say, we got to steal this thing right fucking yeah. now. Um, and like her defenses of the speeches on on like any in interviews are hilarious. She says, unconvincing. I, "I mean, it's just it's ridiculous." I gave speeches to everyone. I gave speeches to the camping association. <laughs> it's like, yeah, people weren't uh, interested in those for two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, did the camping association First of pay two hundred? If you think Goldman Sachs is dangerous, the yeah. camping association—they play the, hardball. They are, they are crooks. That's why Bernie didn't ask. Well, but I, I thought it was very telling, like that watching he has in one sitting her emails like response and her response to the wall street speeches thing like she does this thing which is like you know i've i've lived my i've i've dealt with all this scrutiny my entire life you know much of which has been unfair and i just decided on this one issue like enough is enough and like this ask in particular right. is where i'm drawing the line and yeah. it's unfair and so stop and like, that's every ask yes like this is my red line about like haven't you people said enough and yeah it, it just turns out to be like every ask right. what peter baker of the new york times says of this very cannily is he's like this always seemed like you know out of line or ludicrous for hillary like you know how could you imply that i'm corrupt i know that i am ethical and moral person so if i've chosen to do something it's because i've considered yep. the ethical ramifications of it and decided it was okay so anyone else questioning that or implying i'm corrupt for taking all of this money you can they, that is the thing about these paid speeches with like goldman sachs she they knew she was going to run for president they're not paying you 200 grand to give an hour speech they're paying you 200 grand because it's a campaign contribution yeah. that doesn't have to be registered also, as such also it cuts to her and she's like this is how i made you know a little bit of money oh, when i was yeah like, yeah a little, little bit of scratch money after yeah. big secretary of state yeah walking around money I mean, yeah that was some hard times just a quarter yeah. million you know for a here speech. and here and there like can, be, can a girl make a living be, can i live can i eat <laughs> yeah. you know, out here like oh, you just oh you just wanted me to fucking starve did you i suppose you want me to go on welfare or i guess I, that would be harder now because of the things my husband did. During, uh, his, <laughs> yeah. uh, Her net worth was $45 million. Um, yeah. Well, it also oh made me think, God, to get so a little existential, money. it was like, well, all of the people around her have bought into this notion that like, because she's moral and ethically upstanding, like if she does it, it can therefore not be unethical exactly. or immoral. When the Hillary does it, it's not and illegal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's and like if the president does it, it's yeah. not illegal. And when, when she talks about like, are the people like her, her the Hillary Torgos, they're just like, you know, I mean, just to imply that someone's corrupt just because they took all this money is ludicrous. Yeah, yeah the, and it's like, no, you are corrupt. 
This is like this is manifestly well, well, on its. But it's some just, of them say like, "I knew it was going to be a media issue." It's always like bad optics. Yes. It's never like they're yep. actually admitting. It's no, never they've the never done anything wrong. Of the issue. It's just some yeah. things are going to get misconstrued on yeah. purpose by bad faith media people. Correct. She has the attitude towards the media. It's exactly the same as fucking Trump does. Yep. Yes. And, it's, and the funny thing is, like, people will say, oh, Bernie also hates the media. It's like, yeah, but Bernie recognizes the media as his enemy because it represents capitalist interests. Because yeah. they These are the enemy. people have personalized, neurotic obsessions with media criticism. Yeah. It's just like they're out to get me for just because of me. Because yeah. they just hate me just so much. Yeah. Then, okay, then we go back in time to Bill's running for the White House for the first time in 1992. Bill says of this, I think, in the present, being interviewed. He Correct. says, in 1992, I ran on, quote, positive populism. Yes. As a contrast with Bernie Sanders yes. and what's going on now, which is, that's negative And And populism. therefore Trump, like Trump yeah, and Sanders. Yeah, exactly. they, they, Same both, they both do the negative populism. He also says, I don't know if you have this letter, but he also says that H.W. called him yes, up. Yes, I have this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah, no, yeah. So Bill relates a story about how he had someone who was in the George H.W. Bush White House. And this was like after the Gulf War, and everyone thought he was like going to roll into re-election, but they were like, ah, oh, this is our moment. The economy's bad. He's vulnerable. And they, actually, that was a smart choice on their part. The Republicans in the Bush campaign and White House like knew that Bill Clinton was like going to be a threat, or like he could have he run against them. They called him and like through back channels basically said, look, wait till 1996. That's your moment. Like, if you run now, like, they'll destroy you. You've got all these vulnerabilities. Like, it's not going to happen for you, but just wait till 96. Like, that's your shot at it. And I think, until it's smartly, they realized that they were showing their whole hand there because, yeah. like, they were showing how afraid they were. And Hillary said to Bill of this, of this, like, veiled threat of, like, if you run, we're going to throw everything we have at you. And what she said to him was, if you can be bullied out of running for president, you don't deserve to be president. To which I say... Elizabeth Warren campaign? Are you listening? <laughs> Everyone in the Democratic Party currently today, this is supposed to be your hero. This is your prince. That's pretty good fucking advice. But also, <laughs> however, the fact that- though, like they, I, I thought it was interesting that they. I mean, it wasn't a veiled threat. It was an open threat. Yeah. Here's a little thing I learned in CIA. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, a kind of interesting because you know that they're basically breaking Omerta. By yeah. admitting that that is how the Democratic Party operates behind closed or, or doors, or both, both both parties, and that yeah. they certainly have made that call. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, other certainly. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So here we get into a moment that was maybe my favorite of the of the two plus hours that we watched in this nineteen ninety two election. One favorite. All of the uh, the the slime that's going to be thrown at Bill Clinton. Of course, they're talking about his lengthy record of infidelities, Jennifer Flowers, all of the things that. Let's say if you covered Arkansas politics. At any level, you basically knew about. You knew about Bill's reputation. But not Juanita Broderick. As soon as they bring this up in the interview one-on-one format, Hillary says in the midst of a four-hour documentary miniseries called Hillary about the unvarnished truth about herself and her life, I'm not going to talk about that because I'm a very private person. (laughs) Nice. Well, and we, and we also knew in that moment, like they showed footage of the Jennifer Flowers uh, presser, but I, I would bet an arm that for, they didn't on this episode, and I don't think they will for the rest of it. They won't even say the name Juanita Broderick. No, because that's no. outside of the acceptable boundary of that of that history. Well, and all the people in Hillary, Hillary world thinks that she's thinks she's a fraud. They might see foot. We might see footage of her when Trump literally brought all of them into the debate. 
uh, that one time, which was honestly an amazing movie. Yeah, it was. That was um, all But shit. I'm sure the documentary won't, I mean, won't reflect that. But yeah, this I'm, entire tell-all has been set up. And then when there's a slight bit of pressure toward talking about uncomfortable things, she goes, well, look, I mean, what is this? I'm, am I getting grilled here? It's, yeah, it's what's only the a four-hour personal she, bucket biography. She picks and chooses the, yes. uh, the terms of engagement. Yes, exactly. It's, yeah. it's parody. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to skip through a lot of this shit because like, it's basically like they set up this thing about how like, Hillary as first lady was a radical moment. This was a time when a lot of women were coming in politics and similar Year to civil one. rights, Vietnam thing stuff. That neither Catherine nor I had ever heard about is people who write about politics. No, now actually this is the year of the woman, I've decided. I feel like oh. we keep hey, going. For me, every, yeah. year's, every year is the win. year of the woman. Still win. <laughs> Thank you, Brendan. Yeah. yeah no worries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say that they to illustrate this point about year of the woman, they use archival footage of a bizarre Liza Minnelli no, musical number for Delightful. Yeah. Delightful. It was it was amazing. No, but she Ladies Day. Yeah. She I mean does first, sing about Hillary. Yeah. She she says she oh, asked okay. Hillary, Hillary at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This um, is part of an Oscars broadcast. It was Still, a huge very because, bizarre. Well, I mean, she had friends in Hollywood as we know. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> so uh okay, then then it then it cuts to New Hampshire twenty sixteen. And this is about like, okay, they knew they were gonna lose New Hampshire, and it's just so hard to campaign when you know you're gonna lose. And I think one of her, one of the Torgos says, you know, like this was tough for her. This was a really tough moment. But you know what? She just, she does so well as the underdog. And, you know, like we want it, like Hillary, like would be even better if she was running scared a little bit. And then I just, of course, thought I may not be Paul Walker, but I'm running scared. Just a little, a little joke for the running scared fans. Out there, <laughs> the Chapo where, where are you? Yeah, throw, throw up a hand. Bill and Hillary are the couple who kidnapped the kid. Yes. <laughs> then of course they get to South Carolina, just like it is now. It's the big firewall the for the right wing of the American Democratic Socialism. Party. Yeah, they, yeah, we love it. Yeah. Um, then we get Joe Klein talking about Bill and Hillary Clinton in the White House for the first time. And Joe says, Klein, for people who don't know, maybe journalist, Time Magazine. big Time Magazine journalist, and also... Wrote Primary uh, Colors. Yeah, no, he says of Bill and, Clinton, Bill, Bill and Hillary Clinton in the White House, he says, this is the first president that I covered who wasn't dad. They were one of us. We were the ones who marched against the war. We were going to knock down the establishment. I'll just note that Joe Klein came out very... Like, he was a attacked the anti-Iraq war movement quite stridently. What and also, shot. in this documentary, they allied the massive fact that he used his role covering the Bill Clinton run for White House to write a thinly-veiled fictional account of it anonymously called Primary Colors that dealt heavily with not just Bill Clinton's infidelities, but like his secret children uh, out there as well. <laughs> also, it was very he's, salacious. He's a hard dog to keep yeah. on the porch. Also, when he says we, 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 when he says we were the ones who marched. Again, you've seen the entire uh, the entirety of the documentary so far as established. Hillary did not march. Nobody marched. I guarantee you, Joe fucking Klein didn't Joe march. Joe Klein probably didn't march. And Bill Clinton, you can call him a draft dodger or whatever. I mean, God bless him, whatever. But he wasn't like an activist against no, the Vietnam no War. No more than so that's Donald all, Trump was. That's all horseshit. Yeah. Then of course we get the account of Hillary's role in the disastrous Clinton healthcare plan, the HMO. Really uh, knocked which, that one out of the park. Again, like they were like, you know, uh, Bill Clinton talks about how like you know. Lyndon Johnson, who had the biggest Democratic majority in history, even he didn't try to get universal coverage. But, you know, Diana, we were we going to do it. And it just it must be stressed once again how what an awful fucking plan. Yep. Yeah. The Hillary care shit, which is just all about HMOs shit. and like managed competition yep. and like making sure that everyone has 
guaranteed universal affordable health care. Yes. Yeah. This a- is the, access to affordable yeah, care. Yeah, this is the beginning of every democratic pivot to the right about health care under the guise of universal coverage. Yeah. But it was anything but, and of course it was a disaster that was uh, just went over like a fucking lead balloon. And and, when, and you can blame and, it on the moral majority in yeah. Congress or whatever, but, you yeah. know, I mean, it was a shitty plan to begin with. It was not anything close to approaching what we think of as what should be universal health care. Uh, we get to see David Brock talk Ooh, on camera. like fucking Exeter from fucking the Silent Earth. An then, ancient one. And then we get, um, of course, the stuff about the Vince Foster uh, suicide yeah. and uh, white water. He was feeling very sad that day. The last <laughs> yeah. words he said to me were, Hillary, I don't blame you for my death. <laughs> In any way. I'm not responsible. You're not responsible, I mean. Well, and this it's is, really this weird. They don't to be... talk to anybody that's around his life either. No. They, it, the only people they talk to about him because are I, Bill and Because Hillary. I bet those people don't want anything to yeah. fucking do yeah. with yeah. the Clintons anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have no comment. I have no comment. <laughs> well, that's also supposed to be a humanizing moment because there's a line where she's like, I couldn't imagine, like, uh, I couldn't have been more distraught or sad already. And right. then they started to politicize it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, they talk about how, like, you know, she began to be, because she was sort of front and center, she began to be attacked um, in a way that was heretofore unknown for first ladies. But again, she was the first first lady to have an office in the West Wing, which I got to say is a little weird considering she's not officially been appointed, approved by Congress, yeah, kinda, and nobody voted for her either. Yeah. So it's a little odd to be given that level of of authority based on your also very sort of southern tradition like uh, there used to be i mean like <laughs> was george governors Wall- george wallace's wife Lurleen. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like governors and and uh, all of these southern politicians used to when they you know served their term limits they would just run their wives mon pa ferguson it, it was it was like a serious thing so there's like this weirdly um Large number of female elected officials on the bus in the and South. They, they talk well. about the famous incident in which she said, "Like you know, I'm not going to be baking cookies or anything. Or like I'm not going to be a stay-at-home oh, mom." God. There was like you know really uh, soured a lot of women's opinions on her because it sounded like she was but, you know talking down. Yeah, to, which she was. Which she, she was. was. But here's the, here's the thing though, Amber. You point. You go. Yeah. Yeah. So like everyone brings that up and they think oh, everyone just got mad at her for making this snide little comment about staying home and baking cookies. They don't. What they don't mention is the fact that she did that in defending herself against just gross corruption charges. That her law firm, while her husband was governor, was doing all kinds of business with the state. And again, like the emails, like Whitewater, it's, you can sort of like, well, nothing ever came of that. Again, it's but just like there's all these red flags there that are just sort of... Using this feminist thing too. Yeah. Like this yeah. pattern of using like, well, it was because I, it was because, you know, people were mad at me for girl things. And it's like, well... Okay, women were mad at you, first of all, and not necessarily conservative women either. They were like, that's kind of a shitty thing to say. And also, so that's not that the feminist thing is bullshit, but also like way to like just completely somehow smooth over the fact that actually this was you trying to defend yourself against a clear conflict of interest. And just because you could have been any other kind of lawyer. Weaponizing cynical feminism in the most nauseating way because they're saying, hey, what's the deal with you? Uh, your law firm having all this business with the state while you were working with, for them as for and as first lady, and she goes, "Well, I wasn't going to stay home and bake cookies." So she's she's making a, a dichotomy where I'm either a crooked lawyer uh, getting money illegally from my connections to the governor uh, through graft and corruption, 
or I have to stay home. You're saying I have to stay home. You're saying I can't have a career in the 90s. It's like, well, no, you could be a lawyer who yeah. wasn't a fucking crook. How about and people that? people fucking resent it. Maybe you it. could have practiced a family law that you studied yeah, when you were at Yale. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, no, yeah, it's like, nope, I either have to be a, a maximal crook where I take every advantage <laughs> every time or I have to stay home. Those are the two options afforded modern feminism. Fantastic. I mean, like, I mean, that's basically all I have for, like, episode two. Well, at I the mean, end, at the end, the line that I remember is uh, they say, next time, you know, we really want to talk about all the scandals and all the, well, well and she, she's like, you know, it's, again, this faux candid um, uh, taking off the mic moment where they're just chatting, but it's still rolling because obviously this is the staginess. And she's go, she gets up, she goes, oh, I want to talk about all that. I must be the most um, investigated, innocent person in the history of the world. And yeah. she's like, like you sound like Trump, lady. Yeah. That it, that yeah, it is Trump. Trump. Perfect phone call, folks. I Both made a perfect land deal. Which had, I bet, it's not fair. <laughs> the fake news media and the Democrats. And, you know, I mean, she ends up, like, talking about, like, you know, how she became attacked as a controversial figure. But, again, she was sort of a political figure as well. So, I mean, you can, you can fault the Republicans for, you know, attacking her or inventing insane shit about her. But, I mean, come on. Like, it's all in the game. I'm I more resent like, the Republicans for calling them both Marxists, which just sets back the entire idea. Because <laughs> right. they were supposedly socialists who were, like, you know, do, have a secret line to Castro saying and like, it's all going according and the, to plan. And, and she says of the failure of the healthcare thing. It's like, you know, looking back on it, like, she was like, yeah, I shouldn't have been the forefront of that. Like, I could have supported it, but it was a mistake to make me. And what, she, what, she, what she's really saying is, like, my big mistake is that I never really played the game yep. with the media. You I know, cared I about just... policy and solutions too damn much and yep. not about the stupid butt kissing. Yep. I and again, too, like I was too much of a real one. Yep. I know like like her her general point, like like her the thesis statement for all this, as we said at the beginning, it's like when confronted with any of these like failures, scandals, controversies or whatever, it, it's all it is never that I made a moral or ethical failing never. or even political miscalculation on my Impossible. part. It's just I kept it too damn real. Yep. It was when keeping it real goes wrong. Yep. And that must speak to the, I hate that phrase, speak to, but that must be a part of who this is for and why mm. it's designed this way because it's for someone to watch and, and someone who, you know, uh, if they're sympathetic at all, they're going to be maximum, maximally sympathetic. Uh, they immediately identify with Hillary, just like that, that woman in Iowa who said, I, I'm, I'm putting in Warren because I want to see myself up there yeah. and anything Hillary can't be allowed to have ever made a real error she can only be allowed to have been wronged yeah. or not to or be too, naive. too much yeah and so by the end of it none of these we know what's going to happen in episode three and four of course but none of these will be allowed <laughs> to be failures because the, the movie is hagiography that is supposed to solidify her legacy as someone who was failed never someone who Hillary cannot fail herself. she can only be fair. Right. uh Catherine has got to go She's uh, I'm, she's, I'm she's getting, going to. A, I'm getting uh, the shepherd's hook. Yeah, she's uh, she's going to her her weekly support group of uh, women who are in relationships with bad, dangerous, bad boys. I'm, I'm actually uh, I I scored this private session with my Pilates instructor, so you know I simply couldn't pass that up. And actually, and then actually, you got the DJ all, lessons. Well, yeah, I you know late night DJ lessons um, with my really good good friends. Did um, anyone see the Sarah Palin clip, by the way? Oh, oh I saw that. my god, we live that in the was zone. Oh we my god. Christopher no. Guest just I, full DMT. You know what? Though? I have to do you, ask. Do you watch the mass thing? No, I, have I just to watched ask, that. Do you think it's possible that we're already dead? That yeah, was what I was I thinking. I think we are. Yes, well, we're definitely already DMT. in hell. This is. I thought of this during Epstein, <laughs> and it's only gotten more deeply convinced in my bones. 
We are in the DMT hallucination at the yeah. end of our lives. Are you sure. gonna, so we're here's the thing DMT? no one's talking yes. about. Right, she was bye. pretty yes. good. No, bye, I, Catherine. I, I, bye, Catherine. Here, here's what I want to say about that clip. She was it good. was it was brain melting, and I was just yes, Amber. I was like, she I think spit. I think we're already dead. She did. Baby's got that. But you know what? She, she crushed she it. She did. Yeah. She she's fucking got, crushed got it. <laughs> baby got back. Uh, Sarah, uh, Sarah Palin's got bars. That's all there is to it. She's got bars. Here's the funniest thing about that. That was on Fox. That was a, they were playing it out with the credits. It cut from that immediately to Trump's Oval Office uh, address about a once in a century yeah, global we're pandemic. Beautiful. We're yeah. absolutely. Beautiful. This is under the void. <laughs> yep. And under Nero void. played yep. Baby Got Back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, any closing thoughts on part one of hyperjokeification? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I feel great. <laughs> yes. We need to say it in unison. It's just like uh, a bizarre. Go. Three, two, one. I feel great. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Smile. Though your heart is aching. Smile. Even though it's breaking. When there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by. If you smile through your fear and sorrow, smile. And maybe tomorrow you'll see the sun come shining through for you. Light up your face with gladness, hide every trace of sadness, although a tear may be ever so near. That's the time you must keep on trying. Smile. What's the use of crying? You find that life is still worthwhile if you just smile. Smile through your fear and sorrow. Smile.